Are you an entrepreneur who wants to get more effective use out of your email list and turn it into a profit? Or perhaps you want the opportunity to gain more organic traffic for your products or services? If you answered yes to any of those post questions, then Jenny Wright is someone you ought to make some time to meet. She's a lead generating and list building expert who works with authentic entrepreneurs to help them build highly engaged email lists and then expertly help them to sell their products and services to them. She strategized and implemented over 280 list builds, resulting in over $1.5 million in revenue for her clients. She also hosts a podcast with her business bestie, Allison, called System to Thrive. She joined me this week to discuss all of it and so much more. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. Welcome you to the program, and I'm excited to talk about lead generating and list building with you this afternoon. Great to be with you, and uh, thanks for a few minutes. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. As am I. So, Jenny, I understand that you help authentic entrepreneurs sort of uh, get their house in order and help them uh, get uh, leads and uh, return customers. So I'm Fascinated to learn about uh, your uh, your approach to lead building and lead generation as well. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty cool thing to do. I mostly focus on helping people build their email lists. And as a result of doing that, they get a lot more people looking at their programs, products and services. 
um, say it's like a reoccurring membership or something, and it makes sense for them to do that. Because if you can build your list, if you can keep adding people into your email list, then it makes a heck of a lot easier to sell your programs, products, and services, right? So my goal is to help people do list building, people who may have never done it before, or even people who've done it many, many times, do list builds that make sense. Uh, list builds like, you know, a lead magnet, a webinar, a challenge, or an online summit. And especially during COVID times, we can't go to the conferences and see people as much. So it makes a lot more sense if we're connecting with people online. And I know that uh, COVID has been a disadvantage for a lot of people, but certainly in your line of work, uh, I'm curious uh, to know if there's been any advantages to helping your clients get more customers with all of us inside these days. There is some advantages, 100%. It's a great, uh, it's a great observation. There is a lot more advantages in some ways. One of the advantages, absolutely, is the fact that people have more time, like they're inside more, so they have more of an attention span in some ways for what we're doing. People aren't traveling as much, and they're also consuming content. We have a lot of people, uh, I think the, at the last, the last time I heard, it was like tw uh, 20, I think it was 2,200, oh, I can't remember the number right now, but there was a whole boatload of women who've actually quit their jobs during the pandemic to take care of their kids who are now having to homeschool and somebody needed to be home with them. And some of those women are now looking at online opportunities, you know, changing what they're doing and finding an online career. So they're very interested in the people that I serve because I serve coaches, consultants, course creators. So there's a lot of people that are looking at that right now. And there are a lot of people, like I said earlier, a lot of people are consuming online information, which is fantastic. And I also know that you think there's a gap between a lead generation and a list building as sort of an all or nothing equation. So I'm wondering if you could expand on that for me. Sure, absolutely. There is absolutely a gap. And the gap tends to be something around authenticity and messaging, right? So the lead generation and list building, um, people tend to look at these things and they don't see the relationship building that needs to take place. A lot of people think that they can start an online business, throw a lot of money at paid advertising, and it's going to solve all their problems. The problem is, is that if you do that and you're attracting leads into your business, it may not be the right leads. It may not be the right people. And then when you go to put an offer in front of them, it doesn't work. So we need to, the, the gap needs to be filled by creating more relationships, understanding people better, putting offers in front of them that make sense, connecting to them on a human level versus, uh, you know, a number in your list, right? So the vanity number of how many people you have in your list just doesn't equate anymore. Uh, people, people should just have a very focused list and it's a heck of a lot easier. Um, I think people forget the fact that every single email address is a person and those people have problems that need to be solved, right? And so it's, it's our responsibility as people who are generating leads or building leads or helping clients do that to look at them as human beings and, and create a deeper relationship. And that's gonna turn a lead into a reoccurring customer. And we all know that it's easier to get somebody who's purchased from you before to purchase from you again versus a cold audience. 
I, I return businesses is the best kind of business you can have, right? Right, Kevin? That's all. Yeah, exactly. So I'm also curious to get your opinion on business sustain, sustainability and how your line of work can help people uh, do that and sort of uh, um, get their brand and their messaging out there as well. Absolutely. So when you're trying to build your list, one of the things that happens naturally and occurs almost naturally, especially if you're going to use organic marketing, which is what I excel at, is you start creating consistency. So you start showing up with consistency, right? So you're emailing on a regular basis or you're posting on social media on a regular basis, or you're doing podcasts like this or YouTube channel videos like this, and you're showing up with more consistency. And when you do that, your brand does get in front of more people. And as a result, more people see what you're doing. If you think it's, it's sufficient to only do one Facebook Live a month and one post on social a month and one email a month, it's not gonna make the difference in your business. It's not gonna get you in front of the people that need you. I actually had this conversation a little bit earlier with uh, a bunch of people who I'm running a mastermind in right now. And I said, you know, a year, two, almost two years ago, I ran a challenge and I had access to a woman's Facebook group and the Facebook group had over 60,000 people at the time. And for them to see me as an expert and not just uh, wonder who I was in a two and a half week period, I went live in that person's Facebook group 38 times because I needed to create a transfer of credibility from her and her group over to me. And even though it felt like 38 times going Facebook Live in two and a half weeks was excessive, what the answer really is, is that out of the 38 times, most people only saw me once, twice, maybe three or even four times because I'm not, you know, your, your feed's different all the time. You're not always in Facebook when I'm in Facebook. And as a result, people weren't seeing me as much as I thought they were seeing me. And if I only show up when I think people will see me, they're only going to see me once and I need them to see me more than that. So to answer your question in a little bit of a roundabout way, yes, this is going to help your brand visibility. It's going to help you in a great deal because you're creating that consistency and getting out in front of your ideal client on a more regular basis. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I'm, okay, uh, I'm also uh, curious to ask this follow-up follow -up based on your last answer in terms of organic marketing versus paid advertising as well. I'm wondering if you have um, uh, a thought on the advantages of both. I do, actually. I have quite the opinion, actually, Kevin. <laughs> I, I figured you might, so that's why I asked the question. <laughs> it's a good question. So I do, have, I do have an opinion. I'm not against paid advertising at all, but I believe in a lot of organic marketing, and I think that the two can live together. And the reason is, is that when you do organic marketing, which is posting on a regular basis, connecting with people, doing Facebook lives, uh, doing trainings in other people's groups, getting on podcasts, this is technically organic marketing for somebody like me, doing all these types of things and connecting with people actually gets you a better quality of leads. They're warmer. They have gotten to know you through videos that you've done or trainings that you've done. They understand who you are and what you represent a little bit more. And you've already built a little bit more of that know, like, and trust factor versus just on paid advertising. When you're doing paid advertising, you're usually going after somebody else's following, right? So I would be targeting, you know, Marie Forleo or um, 
Amy Porterfield or somebody, those are two people that are big in my industry. And I would be targeting their audiences, but their audiences don't know me. And as a result, it's very cold traffic. And it then becomes a bigger job for them to get to know me. Can it work? Absolutely. But if you do the two together, then you're going to get a better result because let's just say you only relied on paid traffic and the person opens your ad and really likes what they see about Kevin, but then goes to Kevin's business page. And there's really no content there because you're relying only on your Facebook ads. They're going to wonder whether or not this is a reputable business. They're not going to be sure that you're the right person to invest with. So when you're doing your organic marketing and you're posting on a regular basis on social and, you know, getting on podcasts and talking about all those things, it gets quite easy to search information. Like I, I looked you up. I looked up, you know, I, I looked up your name. I looked up what you do. I looked up your YouTube channel and I saw you, right? And I listened to some of your videos and your interviews and I saw what was mentioned about you online. And I was like, this is a really cool guy. And absolutely, I, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be a lot of fun to connect. But if I went to find you and I could find nothing but a paid ad, I would, um, wonder a little bit as to if we're going to have anything in common and whether or not you'd be a good fit for me to work with, uh, if, you know, that kind of thing. If it was a, if I was looking at you as a possible coach for me or something, does that make sense? Absolutely. And I'll send you, uh, that commission check for all those nice words you just said. About <laughs> so, no problem. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and I also know that you host uh, your own podcast with your business bestie, Allison. So I'm curious to know what sort of messages you uh, hope to convey through the podcast. Thank you. Actually, that podcast was born right during the pandemic, like last year in July. Like this one. I started this one in May of last year. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Right? And and what a great thing it is. It's 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 brought us a lot of joy. I hope yours brings you a lot of joy and, and, and excitement and enjoyment. Um, the podcast System to Thrive, we it was basically to to keep us motivated and keep us going. Allison and I both were struggling a little bit with how things were going back in uh, you know, obviously March, April, May, June, July of last year. And we wanted to bring a message of hope and a message that you can still thrive, that you can still find business, that it's okay to make offers, that it's okay to connect with people. It's okay to talk about your services. Because what we were finding is uh, we, did a, we did a webinar back in March of 2020, which was really technically only about a month and a half. Uh, it was late March. So it was only about a month and a half into the pandemic in North America, especially in Canada. And people were freaking out. We were getting people saying, I don't think I can sell because I don't feel good asking people for money right now. But you can make ethical offers, offers that fit. And so we created this um, webinar before we hadn't had the podcast, we created this webinar and we did this webinar together and we ended up uh, doing a pay what you can offer, which was really cool because then everybody could afford us was pay what you can. Some people paid us $5. Some people paid us $300. And we ended up um, doing all these calls with people, these paid calls. And then off the back end, we ended up booking over $30,000 in work, which we desperately needed at the time. And then the podcast came later on and the podcast is just continuing that message of authenticity and transparency and service. And that's where it's kind of gone from there. Yeah, and I think podcasting is a great way to 
authentically connect with pe people, don't you? Oh, heck yeah. I'm meeting so many great people. And it's great to connect with people and learn about them. And then you make, you know, you make these interesting relationships that you might be able to connect with them later and do something like, you know, I love the podcast swap idea. You know, somebody goes on yours, you end up on theirs. Like there's really some great opportunities. Uh, yeah, I've done three this week already. So right? yeah. <laughs> you know the game I'm talking about. No, it's all like paying Absol it forward, absolutely, right? 100%. So I'm, uh, I'm also curious, Jenny, to get your comment on this. As you know, I do a lot of work for uh, enhancing inclusion for people with yep. disabilities. Uh, I, I'm wondering your thoughts on how technology has helped um, advance that cost forward and sort of given people with disabilities a voice in the workforce. Absolutely. I think it's been a huge proponent. My um, you know, when you talk about disabilities, there's obviously physical disabilities, and there's also some cognitive and other types of disabilities, right? There's different types of them out there. And I believe that the online world and what we're doing in terms of podcasting and all these types of things and the technology make a huge difference. It creates accessibility, you know, where you're in one city and I'm in another, us getting together right now for a coffee is impossible. It just we just can't do it even if we wanted to but over this method over this medium we can and right now you know i know with people with physical disabilities getting mobility out right now you know using um wheel trans or other services to try and get around or whatever it is public transit even that's a challenge you know so i believe that these platforms have given and and as an able-bodied person I don't want to speak out of turn, but I believe and I hope that this has added more accessibility to, you know, a wider market of people or a wider market of connection and things like that. Am I am I on the right track? Absolutely. You know, I always live by the mantra that inclusion is the gateway to independence. So anyway, we can include more people. I'm all for it for sure. Absolutely. And the weird thing is, it's actually not weird, but the thing is, is that in the online space where I am a lot, there's a lot of people that um, would say that they have some sort of a disability, be it, uh, you know, cognitive disability. Um, if you, if you want to put ADHD or any of those as a possible issue, like my nephew has some uh, pretty, pretty interesting, you know, things that he's had to experience and, and get over and the online space and this technology has really assisted in that way. Right. So there's a lot of opportunity here. And I, and I think it's, I think it, it, we have to take it further. What I think is before the pandemic, we didn't take this seriously enough, this inclusion and accessibility. And I think we're seeing a lot more of it going forward. And I know one of your uh, favorite pastimes is to bake. So I want to have a little fun and ask you a couple of questions about uh, your passions and why uh, <laughs> you like baking so much. And what was the last thing you baked there, Jenny? The last thing I baked was lemon blueberry muffins. Okay. And uh, what are you um, most excited to try next? I am excited. Actually, I want to try my hand at more difficult bread recipes. So my, my passion for baking comes from my grandfather. He taught me how to bake. Him and my grandmother used to bake bread every week and pies and buns. And he taught me how to work with yeast. I was maybe six years old the first time I started to bake. 
maybe. And I kept up that passion and my grandmother taught me how to bake pies and everything. And I've kept it, it it's actually um, a comfort thing when I'm feeling a little bit stressed out. Baking bread and baking pies <laughs> makes me happy. Well, uh, I tell you, I have a weak spot for apple pie and bread. So you hit my uh, sweet spot, so. <laughs> well, when this is all said and done and we have the opportunity to physically be able to connect and meet in person, I will ensure that I bring you an apple pie. Uh, absolutely, it probably won't last very long, <laughs> but I appreciate the sentiment. So I'm wondering also, uh, when, when you're not working, what do you like to do for fun? I am really lucky. I live close to a really nice outdoor trail. I love to be on the trails, walking, biking, skiing, um, anything that can get me outside and active. Uh, I love my brother has uh, my brother has a boat that he lets me come down and, you know, hang out on and stuff like that. I like to be active. How about you? What do you like to do? Uh, to be perfectly honest, I, I view this as have doing podcasts and connecting with people uh, to be my form of sort of my self-expression. Awesome. And then I also one of the one of my faults in life is being a Detroit Lions fan, so I watch <laughs> a lot of football. I'm depressed every Sunday, but after <laughs> I do a podcast, I feel a little bit better after they lose every week. But that's okay. Um, I also like, um, I recently did, um, I'm a motivational speaker by trade. So I recently did um, uh, a, a conference. I was a keynote speaker for a conference to inspire for first time teachers. So that was kind of fun. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, I like to motivate people for fun and doing a podcast. I'm a sports reporter by trade. So yes. anytime I get to talk sports, I'm happy. So that's sort of my passion. I, I also have uh, three siblings. I have two sisters and I have an identical twin brother. Um, so I like hanging out with my family and uh, watching sports, basically. So That's awesome. I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. I'm also curious, Jenna, to ask you, what's your favorite part about being Canadian? Uh, what's my favorite part about being Canadian? I think it is the fact that most people assume that I'm nice and polite. <laughs> that That's the typical Canadian stereotype, isn't it? Yeah, it, it actually has helped me get in a few doors that I probably would not have gotten in. So, uh, you know, the assumption being that if you're Canadian, you're, you're, you're pretty nice. I'll take it. Absolutely. I think it's a great uh, assumption to have. I'm happy to have it and I do my best to live up to it for sure. Well, hail to the maple leaf, right? Exactly. I'm also curious, my final question for you, Jenny, is I'm also curious to ask you, what do you want your professional and personal legacy to be defined by? Wow, I've never been asked that question before, Kevin. Holy crap. That's a really a good one. Um, it's, it's deep. So I think my legacy business-wise is if I have a legacy, and I'm not even going to assume that I will have a legacy, but if I do have a legacy, I think I would love it for it to be that I pursued helping people grow organically and authentically and transparently uh, and to sort of leave that spammy marketing aside, which I think a lot of people still do, which I, I'm not a fan at all. Um, personally, 
I think I would love my legacy to be that um, I always took care of people to my my the best possible ability, like the best way that I possibly could. That I over delivered um, in being able to take care of people that I care about. Over delivering and under promising is a key and a recipe for success, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Jenny, I really appreciated our time together talking about email and uh, email marketing and lead generation. I really want to thank you for your time, your insight and perspective. It was a lot of fun and I want to thank you uh, for being here. It's most appreciated. Thank you. I really appreciate the invitation a lot.